Hi and welcome to Terror Talk to Islamic podcast. Focusing on developing countries, we hope to cover a range of issues relating to climate change, sustainability, circular economy, supply chain, fashion and many more. Today's guest is Jonah Mwangi. Jonah is the founder and CEO of Green Nettle Textiles. His background is in biochemistry, but he's a farmer by passion. He's an early stage social entrepreneur in the field of agribusiness helping out small farmers. He's also an alumni of Yali Transformative Leaders Program as also the White Gap Social Change Makers Program. Green Nettle in fact was the first African winner of the prestigious Global Change Award presented by the Chinum Foundation in 2019. I'm Kiti Manyan and I'll be your host for today. Hi Jonah, thanks so much for coming on the show. I'm going to get started by asking you this. Talk to us more about your background and more on your journey to this current moment please. Thank you very much for hosting me. I'm Jonah Mondi. I'm a biochemist by profession, farmer by passion, and a social entrepreneur with a zeal to see positive, sustainable change for a safe future of generations after us. I'm the founder and the lead researcher of Green Nettle Textile, a social enterprise working to reinvent fashion by making eco textile from eco fiber extracted from stinging nettle in a biological and eco conservative way. During my final project as an undergraduate back in 2015 i was researching on effective usage of wastes these are steep slopes and lads which are accumulated by minerals to prevent soil erosion and mineral leaching to the rivers and streams among the crops that performed well was thing in nettle but we had a challenge on how to dispose of the mass that we created from the waste rad and this is where we started the research on how to extract economic benefit from thing in nettle among those which performed well was fiber extraction through biological process which didn't have a lot of waste or the waste was could be commercially used and didn't have an impact on the environment the other beautiful is the nettle it was easy to grow nettle in different parts of the world it is during this that we met with a professor who had been doing research in fiber he was a taxonomist who helped me in research and advice on the varieties of nettle which we can use for commercial purpose of fiber extraction green nettle textile was born in late 2017 after two years of research and we have faced challenges as we try to streamline fiber production but at the same time we have been able to see more successes by us forming a social enterprise which is globally recognized in sustainable fashion in a way that we are inventing fashion by creating an eco fiber which doesn't have negative impact on the environment oh that's brilliant that's brilliant but in terms of your own background you've done biochemistry so where does this desire to kind of figure out fashion looking at a circular economy in that sense all come about from i mean i would be interested to know about that as well biochemistry is a wide field and phytochemistry is one of the subject that Thanks. is taught within biochemistry. Phytochemistry is how you can be able to use plant maybe to extract minerals from the polluted grass. And that was my interest. In my final year, I was majoring in phytochemistry and phytochemistry and fiber extraction is also a branch. Plant-based fiber is also one part of economic biochemistry. So I was doing my research in phytochemistry on how we can be able to use plant to prevent mineral leaching to the liver from bioaccumulated grass. And this is where I got a lot of mass. Yes, the plant was effective 
in preventing minerals from reaching to the livers. But then we had to dispose the mass. On how to dispose the mass is where I started the research of how can I use this plant material and fiber extraction started from that point. Ah, right. That sounds amazing. Like your obvious interest in the whole subject has actually led you to creating this amazing company. Yeah. Now, in terms of green nettle itself, you talked about how you started off and where it is right now. So in terms of challenges, have there been any technical challenges? Have there been challenges in saying setting up funds for the company? We'd be interested to know what kind of challenges have you faced since you set up about three years ago, right? You said. So from that point onwards, what kind of challenges have you faced? Well, in Africa. And innovation in Africa, innovation development in Africa is very slow. Unfortunately, we have low access to technology, low access to financing. But to us, financing was not a big issue because then we had to prove a point before we get that point of financing. The main challenge yeah. that we had in Africa, being chief importers of textile, saying like you want to make a new textile in Africa and almost 90% of what you have in Africa are imports from Europe is access to technology. For me, even to do a single step, maybe I had to consult people who have done Neto long ago. Nepal have been a very good source to me. So to access even the Asian technology and to improve on it and to see how I'm performing vis-a-vis what is in global market, I had to go all the way to Nepal. Low access to technology is an issue, even in Nepal, because they have not even mechanized Neto production and their way is mechanical decortication. And those which are available in Europe are chemical processing, which I'm against because then, it's like adding one and subtracting one. You are creating an, a fiber, a good fiber, a good bus fiber, but using a lot of chemical processes. So access to technology is hard. Technology development is hard because I, I was not in textile, though I have mm-hmm. advisors who are in textile and, and textile technologies. The other one is low trust for startups in global south. You say you are a startup. You come from Africa, you come from Sub-Saharan Africa or Asia, then getting audience from global participants is too hard. The third is stiff competition. Definitely, once we started production later in 2018 and 2019, the stiff competition from easy to produce chemical fibers. These are polyester and others because it is easier to produce polyester, they are cheaper. And in, in our beachhead market, which is Africa, people major lot on the cost and not the quality or the impact of what they are wearing has in the environment. So you went all the way from Kenya to Nepal <laughs> to learn more about the technology, but then even there you're saying that it, it's more about using chemicals or actually using any kind of organic or proper technology in that sense, not to create emissions in that sense, right? We have been researching in Nepal. In Nepal, they don't use chemical, but they use traditional okay. way, which cannot right. be profitable soon and ah. you cannot be able to get quality fiber because yes our big vision is having natural fiber in a way that you can be able to wear a t-shirt not only for the things like mats and others so for me i've been working closely with communities in nepal not only in kenya but for my, all my research we have been working closely with companies in nepal even the machines mm-hmm. that i am currently using and the currently importing have been developed in conjunction with native communities in Nepal because they have been doing Nepal for ages. Oh, that's brilliant. That is really, really good. I mean, you're literally reaching across continents to get the right kind of result in that sense. That sounds amazing. Now, since COVID set in, the nature of your challenges changed, like traveling to meet up with communities to get the work done within 
your own company are you facing those kind of challenges in that sense yeah covid has its own share of challenges to us a lot of challenges first of all access to technology and developing new technology have been slowed a lot in february month we have me and my team had come to nepal we have been developing a decortication machine in communities that does nettle harvesting in pokla that's in nepal and mm-hmm. since then even the machine have not been shipped up to today nepal was set up to lockdown kenya was in lockdown so it's hard even to access the machines we developed it we invested in it we made it we piloted it it performed well both in nettle that is produced in nepal and the one that we are using in kenya currently but we have not even as of today been able to import that machine to kenya to us it has slowed a lot technology development sharing the other one in a good note like corona came the government of kenya and most governments in africa were able to close down imports of second hand clothing this to us was good because government and policy maker had time to reflect on growing local companies or hey, how can we be able to survive without us having the all these imports from europe from china and from asia to us it was good because it gave us time to engage government ministries and to explain to them how we can be able to develop our asian companies companies which have passion for kenya can produce for kenya and can sell in kenya to us to that end it was good because now we are engaging the policy makers but in terms of technology development in terms of working with other partners it has really slowed down i think this point you made is very interesting right you found like a silver lining even within the fact that covid has hit and you actually managed to engage with the government at a level that might not have been possible earlier and that's very interesting right it, it reflects on how the government is also thinking about what is happening in terms of manufacturing and what more should they do to kind of push the economy forward as well i want to talk more about your company being the first african winner of the prestigious global change award winning you won like 150,000 euros from the Chenum Foundation in 2019. Congratulations on this. It's like a massive win. Tell us more about the award and more on how you plan to use the prize money. Thank you very much. We are humbled. It was inspiring that H&M Foundation believed in our dreams, passion and action in our early days when almost nobody believed in us except ourselves and our team. About money, because for us, the most interesting when we were applying for H&M, it was not about money. The most important thing that we got from H&M, it was credibility. And now we can be able even to talk to partners. We can be able to get audience from those people who could not have listened to us unless H&M believed in us. All in all, I hope in the next edition, it won't be like we are the only winners. More Africans will be able to win because Africa have potential. With the money that we got from H&M Foundation, it has really pushed us far in terms of research and development, acquisition of new machines that will help in decortication, and lowering the production time from two weeks to allow two days, because biological fermentation happens within, takes as long as two weeks at farmer's point. Now with mechanical decortication, which we have been able to develop, we are awaiting just the shipping of the machines. We can be able to give these machines to farmers and do reverse engineering and produce these machines in Kenya for farmers to be able to extract fibers within two or three days. That's fabulous. You can actually spend that time doing other things rather than waiting for the process to actually happen. So from two weeks to two days, it sounds phenomenal. 
Can you give us context about the climate change scenario in Kenya, please? We don't need to go into very in details, but it'd be good to know in terms of what kind of impacts do you see on your company in the coming years because of climate change? Climate in Kenya is real. Over the few years, we have been able to experience unpredictable extended dry spell and long rains. In 2020, the year that we are in, we are staring at ecological disaster in the famous Rift Valley as lakes water are rising beyond capacity and there is possibility of saline and freshwater lakes margarine. To us, it's a concern. On success, apart from us reducing the carbon emitted in synthetic textile manufacturing, reduced chemicals and water used in growing other bus fibers like cotton, which definitely uses a lot of water and chemical to grow. Our production dead scape of the low material for us to get nettle involve a lot of ecological conservation in community forested areas. One of the reasons that we grow natural is because you can be able to develop it even where there is forest. It grows naturally everywhere else. The only thing that you need to do is to commercialize it and harvest it in an eco-conservative way. And through this, we have an agreement and a memorandum of understanding with Kenya Forest Services in which we are using the steep stores where farmers have been farming, a lot of situation going on. We are using these areas to do conservation farming in that we establish thing in nettle, farmers plant trees, they are able to harvest nettle all year loud and they like protect the tree and make sure that the tree grows to maturity. So through this, we can be able to mitigate the effects of climate change in both ways, in reducing carbon emission, at the same time, producing trees which can be able to capture carbon emissions. That sounds great. That sounds great. I'm glad that there is something in place to kind of help you uh, push your whole agenda forward and also look at mitigating the impacts of climate change. So that sounds wonderful. I want to talk about the fashion industry now, and this accounts for 20% of global wastewater and 10% of global carbon emissions. It's a garbage truck of clothes discarded every second to be burned or sit in landfills for up to 200 years. And this was before even COVID-19 hit. What role do you see the circular economy playing? And can you comment on the future of the industry and where you see it heading in the next 20 years, please? Well, coming from Kenya, a country which imports allowed 177,000 tons of second clothing from Europe, which have very short shelf life and ends up in dump site within a year. The circularity involved use, recycle, and everything. But the concept of recycle, if applied in the manufacturing country, will help a lot. In my own opinion, exporting second-hand clothing in Africa who have zero recycling ability won't help. It is simple transfer of dump site from Europe from America to Africa. However, I've seen very innovative startups coming up through H&M Foundation and other platforms. I've seen innovative ideas coming up in recycle, use, sustainable and circular production. And because most of this innovation are had with youth who have passionate about the generation, I can oversee, like in the next 20 years, there'll be next generation clothing in which it will definitely have low impact on the environment than the clothing that we have today, simply because innovation is scaling day in, day out. And the big brands company like H&M, Tony Himfler, have taken corporate social responsibility to reduce the impact and also to mitigate the negative impact that they had over years. The way it sounds to me is that as if Europe and the Americas are dumping, and I use that in quotes, 
all their clothing in Africa, right? And obviously, this is having impact on the economy. It's having an impact on how things are structured and manufactured. With COVID, has that changed? And do you see it as kind of the continent saying, we don't want to be the dumping ground anymore of clothes that are are just throw away in that sense, right? So do you see that happening? Sure. In Kenya, it has already happened. The government has already banned some clothes, not all clothes, from importation from next year, after realizing that locals can be able to produce better quality, long shelf life, and at the same price as we import second-hand clothing. It is changing, very fast changing, and it is very fast changing in Africa because even the policies are being developed to prevent the introduction of second-hand clothing in, from abroad. However, I really appreciate the efforts that Europe and America are having in recycling what they produce rather than just exporting it out. I know H&M, H&M, because I have worked very closely with H&M Foundation, they have a recycling plant in Hong Kong, which can be able to recycle almost half of what they produce. And that's much commendable. And other companies are taking up the challenge of more of developing clothes, which can be recycled rather than being exported. Yeah, and also this concept of fast fashion, right? Like, I think it's very interesting to see how companies are saying to themselves they need to stop doing fast fashion because literally it lasts for like six months and you throw it away and that's that, right? And that becomes a life cycle. I'm glad to see companies taking initiative and feeling the need to do something about this, right? Rather than it becoming, ending up in a landfill and, and just rotting away in that sense. So this is great news, Jonah. You talked about your MOU with the Kenyan Forest Services, for instance, and you talked a little bit about how local government is also keen on sponsoring or, or looking after local companies in that sense. How does politics and policy play a role in the growth of your company? And what more do you think the government needs to do in order for your company to grow and for others like you, for that matter? Politics rarely affects our company, but policies do, mainly in a negative way. We are in a continent where much worries are affordability rather than sustainability, quality, circularity, or environmental impact. It is cheaper to import than manufacturing locally, currently. There is a lot of tax in production and tax in startups and innovations. New products are rarely approved by billion of standards, so you cannot be able to sell even if you produce. And because of trade agreements between countries, Kenya cannot tax things from China or Kenya cannot be able to tax things from America. So to local producers, it's a challenge. Those policies are challenges to us, especially a challenge that touches us in tax, tax and lack of approval, like lack of standardization for us to be able to sell to the market. But with more youth moving to innovation, invention and entrepreneurship, and the current proposal in most of African countries to have like a tax holiday for the youth and support innovation through incubation labs, then government is doing more and can do more through the same, through reducing tax or giving tax holidays to youth or young companies, at the same time supporting innovation by availing technology or making it easier for researchers, young researchers, not necessarily those who are doing academic research to access government laboratories tests of what they are doing. That's great to know. You were an alumni of the Yali Transformative Leaders Program 
and also the YCAP Social Change Makers Program. Can you talk a little bit about what those experiences were like, please? They are good. During Startup Days, <laughs> they are too good, especially the Yali program, Young Africa Leadership Initiative program, is super good for young Africans because it helps you realize who you are. It helps you realize the continent you are in. In most things, if I ask you about Africa, and if you ask most people who are outside Africa about Africa, they talk about poverty. They talk about beggars. They talk about people who are waiting to be given from abroad. But unfortunately, if you come to Africa, you realize that Africa is a lot of opportunity. Africa is the only continent which have not been affected too much by fashion. It have contributed nothing, almost nothing in pollution. But it is the most affected in terms of climate change. So Yali program helps you realize about who you are, where you are, and how you can be able to create change in the space that you are. WAGA program is an Australian program, although they have they run a program in Kenya and South Africa. It's good for entrepreneurs, social entrepreneurs, because it helps you now to structure the idea that you got from Yali into a little business. It helps you to act, not think. Yeah, I think this sounds great. And to your point about how Africa is perceived outside of, I think we've had two guests at least on the podcast, Dr. Debbie C. Araba, and we had and it is so inspiring to hear about the opportunities that are available and the innovations that people on the continent are thinking about, right? And when you're looking in, you have this, I think, very stereotyped or stereotypical perceptions about Africa, what it means, and you view the continent as a whole. But it's living, breathing mass of so many different people and and it is doing so well in terms of, you know, when Debussy talked about agriculture and Nemeka talked about using renewable energy, and you're talking about circular economy and, and fashion. And so for us and for listeners, I think it's very, very important that all these perspectives kind of come together and it showcases a different viewpoint about Africa as well. So thank you so much for that. And thank you for telling me about the, the YALI program as well. It sounds fascinating because you talked about identity as well in that sense, right? You said it shows you who you are. And I think the nature of the program sounds absolutely fascinating. Now, you talked about social entrepreneurship as well, right? Is there awareness in the media about social entrepreneurship? And does more need to be done? There is awareness, but truly true. Because most entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship that is shown in media is more skewed towards profit. And in Africa, it is used as an alternative of graduate unemployment. Someone will tell you, need to get employment. If you don't get employment, go into entrepreneurship. Mm make money, mm. but no one will tell you, follow your heart, follow your passion, follow your vision, go to business, make impact. You can make money, but first of all, look at the impact. There is some skewness towards business rather than entrepreneurship. And unfortunately in Africa, it is only used for unemployed youths. Politicians will use this to entice unemployed youths. If, if you don't get job, create jobs. That's what they call entrepreneurship here. Media needs to do a lot and to concentrate more on the purpose. Why is that business there? And impact and vision, because that's what will outrive in case we have financial crisis as we have now during COVID time. Thank you for that. I do agree on this. I think it's just about perception and sometimes it just becomes about optics, right, to politicians, unfortunately. So I think this idea of raising more awareness is, is very, very important. Now, you started off about three years ago with Green Nettle and 
what advice would you give based on your own experiences to young entrepreneurs who are interested in the field it won't be easy right <laughs> <laughs> but it is doable follow your purpose and soon you'll find someone who will believe in it and with that now you'll be able to scale i shot and sweet thank you so much jona so now to my last question we talk about climate change and we say okay this is something that's important and the work that you are doing is also important and helping you know mitigating the impacts in, in that sense what would your call of action be to our listeners what should our listeners do and what is the one thing that we should perhaps do do some climate action in that sense i mean fashion and fashion is the second contributor in pollution and climate change so before you wear ask yourself who made your clothes all what am i doing to nature and to future generations oh my god <laughs> that really got me <laughs> that really got me that is so powerful jona that is really so powerful because it is so true right like every time yeah. i buy something i don't necessarily think about it and, and that talks about privilege as well <laughs> thank yeah. you for those very powerful words and ending on that jona thank you so much for these fabulous insights you have given us we've had a great great time talking to you thank you very much Thank you very much.